Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I, uh, I, I boomered it up. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those solutions where we figured out uh, a solution, but we have no idea why it works. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but, hey, you know, we'll survive. We'll make it, I promise. Uh, I hope everyone's having a wonderful, what is it, is it Monday? It's yeah, Monday, it's Monday. It? Yeah, I just did my three days in a row at work, so I know it's Monday. Uh, that's how it works. I'm feeling a little better from the motorcycle accident. I don't feel like I'm going to die so much anymore. Uh, now it's just like, you know, if I stand up for 10 or 15 minutes, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, I still got a motorcycle accident a week ago, <laughs> didn't I? Shit hurts. Shit hurts. Uh, we're having a good show tonight. I'm very excited to be there with you guys. Uh, but before we get into anything too too much further, let's start off with sponsors. First, we have TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend, and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great custom Break the Cycle logo, camo hoodie. What? I know. I can hear it. Uh, camo, camo. Thank you very much, Mr. Ryan Kurtz. <laughs> I didn't know if that was intentional or not. Uh, by this custom camo uh, Break the Cycle logo hoodie that I'm wearing tonight by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, or become a member of the YouTube channel under all of my videos by hitting the join link where you can get into a private Discord server and get all of Top Lops's new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at a 10 or 30% discount. Really great stuff. If you're supporting us like five to 10 bucks a month and you're buying Top Lops's new gear, uh, you're really just supporting us both and, and getting a discount still. That's really how that works. Good stuff. I promise you, uh, you will not be disappointed if you go check out toplops.com. It's good. Really good stuff. Best stuff in the movement. And of course, executive producers of the show, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. They help their... They help uh, organizations solve unsolvable problems in the technology and HR arenas. They serve clients all over, but currently in New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, and their client list is growing, including some people from the show that have been very happy with them. Uh, their team leads by example. Anthem consultants have led their own organizations through demanding periods of change. Now they help clients succeed in the face of technology and personnel challenges. Really great stuff, man. I mean, honest to God, uh, if, you're, if you are not familiar with Amy Lepore, she's been on the show before. You can search up, a, a, twice actually she's been on the show. You can go and check her out um, and I promise you, you're gonna, you're gonna be like, wow, this lady definitely could do some stuff for my business. Go check her out if you can. Of course, executive producers of the show, Colwell Creative Content. Uh, they specialize in things like SEO to help your site rank well on Google or other search engines. Website design, optimized website content writing, optimized blog posts, copywriting, social media content management, newsletter writing and design, ghost writing and editing services, resume and cover letter writing, writing, and they work with all kinds of clients, including real estate, addiction treatment, mental health, healthcare, banking and payment processing, but not the Federal Reserve or the CIA podcast. Uh, they've worked with just about every industry, including libertarian political candidates and influencers, uh, influencers such as my friend and mentor in politics, Mr. Larry Sharp. Uh, so if they're good enough for Larry Sharp, I promise you they're, they're good enough for you. Uh, they've been in business since 2012 and they've worked with hundreds of clients. Check out Colwell Creative Content today. Let them help you get in front of your target Audience, guys, we've got a great show for you tonight. Uh, before we move on, let's check in with our co-hosts. Of course, we have Mr. Ryan Kurt. Sir, how are you doing tonight? I am doing pretty good. Happy happy to be in the studio. And I can I get some yup cocks in the chat. Will you guys just, for God's sakes, give this guy some yup cocks in the chat? He just, all he wants is We've had is one, ever. 
All he wants is some cocks, dude. That's all yeah, the guy I wants. I just want cock. Is He's that here. so much to ask? Here. And uh, guys, we're going to be having a uh, guest host in the studio from time to time as well. If you've watched the show uh, not too long ago, we had a great gentleman on who's hilarious. Very happy to have him back with us. Of course, he is Mr. AJ Fisher from the Redacted Caucus. Sir, how are you doing tonight? Doing fantastic. And uh, I saved you some ASMR for our listeners. Oh, there, there you go. Is. Cracking like another it. cold like one. It. He's wearing Great the don't, to be here. He's wearing the don't let me do shots or Coke shirt tonight. Um, but we may let him. I don't know. We may. We okay. just may. Okay. We'll, we'll do shots of Coke. <laughs> and guys, uh, I know there's a little echo. I've been working on a noise suppress, suppressor on here. I haven't got the settings dialed in yet. If we get really loud, there is a bit of an echo. I apologize. Um, guys, I'm very excited for our guest tonight. Uh, he's one of my favorite people in the entire movement. I would uh, go to the ends of the earth for this guy. I think his messaging is on par. I think the fact that he has uh, satired the entire process in a way that's not as communist as uh, Mr. Vermin Supreme. He's running for U.S. Senate now in New Hampshire, which makes me very happy. It makes me wish that I lived in the free state of New Hampshire to vote for him. He is Mr. Of course, Mr. Jeremy. Just mail in. How are you doing tonight? Woo! Yeah, coming to you from the free state. Uh, doing great, man. I'm uh, I'm feeling very good about how everything is going up here. Good, good, man. I I'm I've you know I've been following you on Twitter. God, it's got to be a couple years now. Um, and and I remember watching you know kind of watching you and you would I would you know I'm I'm a shameless self promoter. Uh, I want to grow the show and make it big. And I would just randomly send things to Jeremy Kaufman on on Twitter. Uh, in DM and we had never talked before and he just randomly shared my shit he had a lot of followers back then it was when I was trying to grow my Twitter and stuff and he just shared just nice guy didn't even have to have a conversation with me or anything Um, and then I found out that he was the um, uh, the CEO of library is that what it is Jeremy I always fuck that up Uh, yeah I am I'm the CEO of library which uh, owns Odyssey which you are also on, yes. By the way, I am also so, on Odyssey. Um, when, when we actually, in fact, uh, we we figured out that the reason why we were dropping all those frames is, and I I did a ran a test, and it's my upstream. So the fact that we um, can know what it is now and can actually work on fixing the upstream somehow, uh, we will eventually within the next couple of weeks, hopefully, be live streaming to Odyssey as well. Let's um, go. Yeah, that's that's the goal is to be able to live stream to Odyssey. Um, I love Odyssey. I think it's a better platform than YouTube. And eventually, uh, you know, I'll be probably exclusively there when they kick us off <laughs> of YouTube. <laughs> I'm sure it's coming eventually. Uh, man, but let's, before we get too far into this, dude. Uh, hey, Jeremy, I mean, how's the campaign going? You're running for U.S. Senate. You're obviously um, very serious candidate. Very serious. I, and- yeah, I am serious. It's, it's true. I say that a lot. I, and it's true that I am. Um, how's it going, dude? I mean, it's weird being set. You're like, I'm serious. And then people don't believe you. I don't understand. I just told you what I am. I don't understand what you're not. What could you have ever done that would convince people that you're not serious? I I, I see a straight laced guy, you know, never, never would make a mockery of anyone else. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm, I have great, uh, great credentials. I have great academic credentials. I have great business uh, credentials. I've got a, I've got a great uh, personal life. They, they refuse to take you as being serious, even when you say uh, that you are serious. It's interesting the links that they will go well, uh, to, to it, not. It's, it's funny to me. I didn't so. mean to cut you off, Josh. By no, the way, sorry. I feel no. like I actually just started. You know, no, it's great. I, I'm, I'm happy. Happy to let you talk all night, buddy. You know that. I so so. I think that your political. I think anybody who watches this show is probably going to know your political ads. If you have not seen Jeremy's political ads made by uh, Dan Smots from the System Is Down, who's a big 
a big, very good friend of mine, one of my probably best friends in the world, um, who we don't really talk, but I consider him one of my best friends. Um, we all we all have friends. Yeah, like we all that. have friends like that. And so um, he, you know, he he's made these wonderful videos for you about you know climate change and how serious it is, and and uh, the the gay agenda for Ra Raytheon and. You know, and we need to make wars gay. Being a lizard, lizard person and, uh, and all this great stuff. All very important, very important issues. Yes. Yeah, and, and abortion and how, you know, you made two different, yes. you know, you don't want to offend anybody. You need everybody's support. So why not make two videos on abortion, one on each side of the, the, the debate and uh, let the chips fall where they may. But it, so it was, you know, t to me, it, it, you do say you're serious at the end. Um, I think a lot of people don't believe you. Um, but you're definitely, obviously, um, literally more serious than the terrible politicians that are, do run our country currently. Um, but how's the how's the, the 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 campaign going, Jeremy? I mean, what have you guys accomplished? Yeah, so it's going well overall. We are definitely like we've been struggling to get into the debates, which was something that I was I was really hoping we would be able to do. It's not a given that we're not going to be in them. I've got an interview. I've got an interview with NPR on Thursday morning, which I think should be a very good time. Um, uh, but, and we've also gotten uh, real attention for the Libertarian uh, Party uh, with the advertisements and, and and other things that we've been doing. But it's been it definitely has been like frustrating. You know, I'm I'm new to doing this, and I feel like for. We, we're getting a kind of like good return on investment, but like the difficulty with which it is to get acknowledged, like is very real. And if you look at even like, you know, Chase Oliver, who had a, the debate in Georgia where you know, people will like literally crop the picture so that he's not in it. Right. They, cr they, literally cropped saw that. The they cropped the picture and left. Uh, the empty lectern in the picture, yeah, because Hirsch Walker like, didn't show up, and they're like, "Oh, this uh, Warnock, he debated against no yeah, one." Warnock shows up to debate against no one. It's like, yo, dude, the Libertarian was there. Like, look, I'm not a big fan of Chase myself personally because of personal issues, and because I, I'm not a big fan of like you know, uh, drag shows for children and stuff like that that he supports. Um, and so I'm not a huge fan of Chase. I like Chase as a person. I've I've sat down and had dinner with Chase. I think he's a nice guy and. Um, and, and, but I think he's taken this whole, like, oh, you know, the LNC is all these like hateful white nationalists way too far now. Um, I think it's become a problem. Um, wait, I stopped hearing you. What uh, happened? Uh Oh, that's not, what, hold on one second, Jeremy. We're going to, sorry, we're having some technical issues. That says, okay. Does it lost connect? Uh, well, while we're doing now, that, can you hear me now? No, he can't hear me. While we're doing that, I'll go ahead and read out some super chats. So, out loud thoughts. Uh, member for 14 months. Shout out to Jeremy. Best political ads ever made. Did something happen? Also, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, Alaska is better than New Hampshire. Suck it. And then, uh, super chat also from Out Loud Thoughts says, shout out to Ian. Hi, Out Loud Thoughts. <laughs> And then we'll see if Jeremy pops back. How's the stream look? Is it look good? Yeah, it looks it looks pretty good. Uh, Can you hear me now? Oh shit! I just really <laughs> hold on. I don't think you can hear us. All right, Dicky Walnuts, member, fourteen no, months. Okay. Thank you, Dicky. Uh, how will this show bounce back after last week? Don't say uh, 
S at 990T. Check, 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 check. Can you hear me now? Oh, yes. Jeremy, why is there a dreaded F word? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. You know, well, it's good to provide a little drama. I don't know what happened there. I stopped like being able to hear you. And so I just did like a kind of panic uh, refresh. Yeah, I don't know. It said it said that uh, it said that um, my mic like disconnected from the audio for I don't know, dude. It's really weird. So okay. you're back. You're back here. It's okay. October. Okay. It's Halloween, dude. Right. Right. I don't know. So we were we were talking about Chase. I'm not a, not a huge fan of Chase, um, but you know he's got all his lackeys out there attacking the LNC because look, we don't... I don't I don't I, you know I'm and I'd like look I'm not I, in terms of being a huge fan or whatever, but I, you know I don't know I kind of like like if you look at Chase, what is the percentage of disagreement that you would actually have with him compared to the average American? And there's shit that's real that you would disagree with him about, like whatever you know, drag shows for children or, or whatever. And I'm not trying to say that's not like a serious thing, <laughs> right. but like in the scope of all of the set of things, like, you know, Chase wants to shrink the government quite a bit, quite right. more than the average American does. Definitely know? more than the other two um, yeah. candidates. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no doubt. Right. Yeah. Right. And so like, uh, uh, I, I feel like I'm becoming this kind of like blue pilled pragmatist guy. You know, I'm not trying, obviously like I'm not, I'm not trying to like, I, you know, give up uh, my, the fact that so much, there's a lot of bullshit out there, but like, I just think that like, we've got to still try to support someone like Chase at the end of the, at the end of the day, like, because it's, you know, like, it's just, he's, he, he believes libertarian things. I think, you know, and he's in a debate against people who don't believe libertarian things. So I don't know. And I I agree. And I agree. And I know Chase personally. I've, I've, like I said, I've had dinner with Chase. I've met Chase. We've sat down and talked. And I think that we agree on a lot more than I would agree with on the other candidates in that race. Um, But there are some fundamental issues I have. Uh, Like, you know, we got into a big debate about, about, um, you know, children being involved in these uh, sexually, uh, you know, provocative um, things. I don't think that that should be okay. I don't think that's all right. I don't even think it's okay for parents to drag their kids to shit like that. But that's, you know, that is my own moral compass. Um, and I understand that. Uh, and and I do understand at the, in the end of the day, if I want the government to be, um, uh, you know, knocked back a little or kneecapped somewhere, um, I'm probably not going to agree in, entirely 100% with every single thing that a person um, uh, says, but he does have this fundamental issue where, you know, with the trans kids and stuff like that, that I just can't get behind. I mean, I literally cannot get behind mutilating children, um, you know, parents mutilating children and stuff like that. So that's my big, that's probably my biggest things. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not exactly trying to line I'm not trying to line up behind. <laughs> yeah. I, I, Think it out yeah. real good, Jeremy. Think it out real yeah. good here, buddy. Well, well, I, I, you know, I mean, I think that's that's, uh, it's a big question, and I'm actually, it's something I'm like honestly kind of struggling with, and I didn't even mean to take the conversation here immediately, but I guess it was probably on my mind today as someone who is, you know, on social media and so on. It's like because it's like, it's it's crazy how big these divides, you know, sort of like woke, anti woke, or or I, I don't want to necessarily say it's like left, right, uh, progressive, non-progressive. I, I don't, I don't know, but it's like, it's become like such a dividing line. that feels like 
as or more important than policy in terms of how people are breaking in, in you know in their relationships and their uh, affiliations even in uh, Tulsi Gabbard which has been a recent subject here uh obviously yeah, she was just there right yeah but, but even like why did Tulsi become a Republican right like it wasn't it was literally over like woke shit right like that was the dividing factor for her I, I you know maybe she was up being opportunistic or other things but if you look at like what the like what the at least the ostensible and quite plausibly real uh, reason was like that was the the axis and she's obviously a political actor and she's now going to become a you know a huge show for the republican party like i don't think she's a sincere person in in either context but like because she's a politician but like uh the that was the axis uh and entirely i'm not saying she's entirely fake i think politicians are actually frequently a mix of sincere and fake but um uh yeah that was the axis under which she split and it's the same kind of stuff within the lp like that's the axis right and i don't know i don't even know if you can necessarily say like a lot of the woke shit is purely a cultural divide i think in there is a large policy aspect to it because so much of the woke shit is based in marxist ideology and marxist policy and the the Pablo Freire's Pedagogy of the Oppressed, and there's a whole playbook for these things, and uh, Dr. James Lindsay goes over it in his podcast, um, New Discords, a ton, and it's, it's Everybody great. here knows who James Lindsay is. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be dismissive of it as mm-hmm. a real uh, 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 thing. I mean, I, I just, I'm trying to, honestly, I'm, I'm trying to understand it, I guess, as this person who like really wants to understand things has this kind of like pathological desire to like poke and prod at things until he understands them. Um, Like, you know, look, look at Kyle Rittenhouse, the Kyle Rittenhouse shooting. We're like, this was fucking, I should, I don't know if I'm not supposed to work. This was like footage of something happening. Right. And like, you're, ideology largely this sort of woke progressive versus uh and you know non-woke non-progressive axis like literally you could see the same video and perceive it in different ways right right and and that's just like it's just like mind-boggling to me it makes this mean want to update like all of the ways i think about politics because like you know if we can it's like that 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 dress that was two different colors to people almost where it's like you know like we are literally it's like this insight to we are perceiving reality in in different ways you know and then like where do you go from here politically if we are able to perceive reality in different ways that seems irreconcilable you know you know yeah yeah absolutely no i i get it fully and and uh you know it, it's it's just it's one of those things like the culture war is mostly nuanced in general um, and I think people, you know, have different faith-based arguments and culture-based arguments and uh, sexuality-based arguments, and it's it is something that we all like really scream past each other about. Um, I just have my I just have my things, you know. There's like some things out there that I'm just like can't. I I try and keep mine as empirically based as I can. Like I I can I can rattle off numbers as to why transitioning children is not a good thing. Right. 
And you've done that on the show before. Yeah, I have. Times. That's why. That's why I'm not going to do it <laughs> right, right now. <laughs> We've seen you do it, buddy. We, yeah, we know you get very impassioned. Yeah, about I can get things. real Rain Man about uh, let that. Me, let, let, <laughs> let me ask a question as someone who's trying to tease out uh, uh, sort of more more unity in in the Libertarian Party. Um, if if you and Chase Oliver were having a discussion, could you and Chase agree that like? There could be some parts of America where it was like illegal to promote trans ideology, illegal to talk about it, illegal to conduct operations and so on. Like, and then there would also be parts where like it was legal for a 16 year old or I don't even know what, you know, but like what is there? Is there something there? And it's weird. It's so like because no. we don't like it. I don't think it's, we could have that conversation. That's the problem is, is Chase, Chase would tell you that it's, that it's, there's no way in hell that any part of the, anywhere can have that be illegal with, and there still be freedom. You know what I mean? Yeah. National divorce. That's that's to me, that's, that's my fundamental thing is like, I, and I, and I, and I know that some people think like I'm a weird or bad guy for this, but like, I'm willing to accept other places doing things that I, that I would find like morally repulsive to happen if I were allowed a space to live the way that I want to live, because I know that as a libertarian, that like a lot of people think like freedom and people deciding things for themselves and these kinds of things that I believe deeply. And a lot of people actually find that repulsive. They won't necessarily put it in those terms, but they find the idea that like people could decide things for themselves. Like they really, really reject it. And so then maybe naively, maybe stupidly, I'm kind of trying to tease this out, but I, you know, I go towards like, well, okay, is it possible that we could agree and but like a lot of people really reject that idea. They Jeremy, seem to Jeremy, I want to jump in here. This is AJ. Yeah. You're yeah. describing the national divorce. Yeah. So do you yeah. want to talk a little bit about that? I mean, that's that's basically what you're describing is okay, you have a you have an area of the country over here where this is legal and this is what we do. And then over here, if you decide that's not for you, then you live over here. Well, I would say that national divorce should be at least a three way. Uh that's what that's uh, I think important. <laughs> Uh, to to emphasize, yeah, uh, yeah. But, I mean, because, but yes, I mean that. But that's to me, that's the uh, idea. Like just recognizing that we have these differences, and, and and I'm not trying to suggest that we give up on persuasion. It's great if we can persuade one another and we can convince one another that 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 X or Y is is better. But right now, it just—it's this constant struggle for dominance. It's this constant struggle to dominate one another, and it does seem smarter to me to say, "Well, we have these differences; they appear to be irreconcilable. Let's, you know, kind of divide things up a bit." But I think that means that, like, if we're in the Libertarian Party, like, we want to be encouraging that even if we disagree on things, like maybe we end up on different sides of that divide. Like maybe we end up in different areas or, or whatever. Right. And so I think the key question with members of the libertarian party, like Chase Oliver, where there is, there are these disagreements. It's like, are the key divide should be like, are you a universalist? Like, do you feel that your prescription or view of the world is like correct for everyone? And if, and if you think that, then it's going to be difficult to get along. Even if, you even if you know you're a universalist that shares my values, but if you're saying that like well i think these things but also i think that there should be space in the world for you to believe the things that you believe to me like i want to work with those people like i would work with a communist who believes those things 
because the communists can have California or Seattle or whatever, as long as the libertarians get New Hampshire. And then like, you know, if we're aligned in that way, then we should work together. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, well, and I think that's, I think that's the, the whole point of national divorce, right? Yeah. I, there's people in this country that I don't want to live with. Yeah. Th- yeah there's, absolutely. there's no agreement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you could you could try. Yeah. Per, I, I hear your argument about persuasion, Jeremy, and I agree with you on that. Um, for, for as far as trying to find unity, especially within a within a uh, the Libertarian Party, but there, I I feel that we're getting to a point where there's some people that just not only don't aren't going to be persuaded, they don't even want to listen to your argument. They shut down but, your speech before you can even I get there. But when we're saying national divorce, when we're saying those things, like it's important to recognize. And, I, and like Michael Malice has a great meme on this about like national divorce from the left. Like I want national divorce because it's all these like, you know, these this like leftist reasons, like to get away from the racists, you know, and or whatever. <laughs> and, and, but like but and, and that's uh, but like if we have these disagreements, like when we say that we are accepting that their spaces will be used to do things that we think are gross. Like when you're saying national divorce, like you are saying like, yeah, let the let the drag strip shows happen in New York City so long as I'm not coupled to them. Like that is what you're saying. I'm not trying to be like too like blunt or or reductive. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being a bad salesman here because I feel like I'm making it like sound bad. <laughs> but like <laughs> but like but that is like but that's the attitude we have to kind of have. And so like our allies are people who like don't want to demand the whole world become their way. And so anyone who wants to say like, I believe this thing and I want to space the world, even if we disagree with that thing, if they're saying like, let's split things up, let's let there be more diversity, we've got to try to ally with them in my view. Yeah, and I, I mean, I get that, you know what I mean? But <clears throat> yeah. I, also, I also, it also makes me like, like if I was in New Hampshire, okay, and then Connecticut ha- had its community doing drag shows and, for kids and I don't know whatever else they want to do out mm-hmm. there. The, the leftists castrating them. Yeah, mute, like physically genital mutilation, I, I like, like all I of those great things. I might want to go a little vigilante justice there. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, no, and I'm, I'm not allowed to. That's Russian talk. That's Putin talk. <laughs> Excuse me, you're in New Hampshire. You guys are all Putin apologists, by the way. The right way to do it is to you can advertise in Connecticut, so you can drop your literature. You know. And 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 talk about how disgusting they are, and how they need to live Connecticut, how they need to leave Connecticut, uh, and and come join the enlightened free state. But no, I don't, I don't, I don't. I think you've got to. That's kind of what it means. To, to to you know, that's what it means. Is you're you're accepting that 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 you know there will um, be different spaces with with different rules. Well, and it's so funny because. I know that, you know what I mean? But I also understand like the other side of this debate, right? This other side of this debate is like, we can't do that because then there'll be racist societies, right? Like that's the thing that they always say. They'll be racist, uh, uh, misogynistic, uh, transphobic, like spaces, right? And we can't let them have their own space. And it's like, do you understand those people are going to be like that no matter what you do? Wouldn't you rather have them like go to the middle of the country somewhere and take over some community and just let them fucking be who they want to be there in their community and leave them the fuck alone. Doesn't that make sense? Of course. Yeah. That's that. Of course. That's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's the argument. Cause it's, it's so, that's what's so crazy about all of it, but that's, well, it's, what's crazy about it. And then it's also kind of as a second level, it's like what it reveals about us. Right. Cause it reveals that the sort of superficial causes 
oh, I don't, I want to stop racism. No, what you want to do is dominate others, right? Like, like that's what, you know, we, we tend to, as humans present these um, superficial reasons that, that sound great as to why we want things. And then it turns out that there's, there's these hidden, you know, much more selfish motives. And that's what we frequently find. And I think you see that all the time in the anti-racist movement. Um, And I think you see it with, with, um, uh, with all of this uh, uh, stuff. Uh, And that's, you know, that's sort of what explains it even. Um, Yeah. No, I agree. And and I wonder, you know, I sometimes think about this national divorce thing. You know, I'm a California boy, born and raised. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the heat and I love the beach and the forests and the mountains and all that shit's great. But I know that if we had national divorce, my, my, my state is toast. It's gone. It's gone. Like 100% it's gone. And it's already gone. It's already gone. Like what's the path to it? You know, return it. True. I think we'll be okay in Iowa, though. Oh yeah. 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 We would. Yeah. We would be all right. I do. Um, we got some super. I don't know if anybody's asking questions. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's certainly <laughs> states that are going to do third or fourth or fifth best, and and you know, Iowa's absolutely in competition for 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 those down rankings. You know. <laughs> I agree, and I had. This, yeah, we I had can this go for a second. I actually had a. I actually had an argument with somebody in. Uh, in the chat for one of our videos here. Um, and I, I don't even think he's from New Hampshire, but he's a, he's a good dude. We, but we had a, a very big disagreement about policy uh, between New Hampshire and Iowa. And I said, it's not that much different here. You know, no, we don't have legal weed yet, but we have one of the best homeschool uh, states in the country. We have constitutional carry. Um, they are working on a bill, like, like AJ said, when we did our show together to uh, not let the federal government, not take on any more gun laws yeah. whatsoever from the federal government, which is a good thing. Um, I would rather have a, a bill that is pushing to nullify all federal gun Absolutely. Um, That's on its way. I feel it's on its way. But we have, we, we have space here, too. We yeah, have space to get away space. from someone. A lot of space. You don't like yeah. your neighbor... You can move a long ways away. I don't think that's an argument against New Hampshire specifically, but, uh, but like, yeah, look, there's, I'm not, I'm not trying to turn it into the kind of like uh, that, that, you know, that, that kind of thing. I think it's clear that like what, where I think there can be agreement is like, this is a much more optimistic kind of path is this kind of aligning of values and aligning of interests that it opens up all kinds of possibilities once you you get these sort of network effects of a certain uh, size. And and so like, we don't, I don't think, I actually think in terms of for the libertarian movement, for the libertarian party, it's like, it doesn't need to be about New Hampshire specifically, but just like getting more on board with this idea that it's not a national kind of victory is kind of unlikely. I don't know. I'm not trying to be like too blackpilled. I'm actually a pretty optimistic person, but like, that sort of local type carving out some spaces in some places one way or another, the power of local networks, when you have networks of people who, who reject, uh, you know, the state and what that enables, um, that that is this really powerful thing that libertarians can be seeking that can give us this freedom, you know, even in, a, in an unfree world, you know. Uh, level zero, thanks for the five dollars super chat. He said California will be China Junior, but more Marxist. National divorce is the way that there will always be evil countries out in the world. And Jacob Morgan said New Hampshire is better than Alaska only due to mosquitoes. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Make sure we don't want. The, there are uh, there's one uh, like half of the mosquitoes is like several mosquito breeds, and several of them like don't breed in New Hampshire, so we don't have nearly as many mosquitoes. Yeah, it's funny because we Iowa has mosquitoes. Yeah, um, but only like at the end of summer, and then they're gone because it starts yeah. getting cold. It yeah. used to it used to be worse. Really? Yeah. 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 Yeah, they have their like ecological niche or, or whatever, and so you know if it meets those criteria, then they're there for. Well, they time. suck no matter what. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it used to be like end of spring, all of summer, you'd have mosquitoes flying about, but now it's just more like end of summer. Yeah, yeah we get the trucks driving down the road spraying, uh, spraying shit for yeah, spraying for mosquito larvae. Yeah, they're, yeah. Spray, they're, they're spraying mosquitoes, I'm sure. Yeah, they're spraying they're, them. Yeah, they're spraying something. We need to do what Florida does, though. They're uh, completely eradicating mosquitoes. They genetically alter the females. They can't reproduce. Then they release that out in the wild. I don't know how that's going, but can check in on them here yeah because they were like i think they're the second worst mosquito yeah they want to get uh, rid of mosquitoes period because florida's bad with mosquitoes but alaska is the worst. you know that they're right? big they get to call them their state bird they say yeah. their state <laughs> bird is the mosquito i've been to alaska yeah. it's a really cool place oh yeah they're like they're like three feet bit. it's crazy i've never nuts, seen. dude yeah. um so jeremy uh you know we we should probably address you know you're you obviously make tweets that really hurt people's um vaginas quite frequently um, and, uh, and people get really mad at you about that. And, uh, I, it's funny to me as somebody who's hung out with you in person uh, several times now, um, and then spent some time really sitting down and talking with you at Porkfest, which is an amazing, uh, uh, place that everyone should go to. Um, Porkfest is an amazing festival every year and it's worth it to go there. I promise you. Um, you're like a, you're like a, uh, uh, a disc golf, uh, nerd who's a very yeah. down to earth and nice guy and kind of almost like a peace loving hippie. And, I uh, am. and, and somehow you've gotten this um, stigma around you that you're like this giant neo-Nazi um, uh, white nationalist who hates trans people and uh, gay people. And it's just like, it's this crazy like folklore surrounding you. Um, I mean, what what do you think is the cause, the root cause of that? Do you think it's just your tweets or do you think people are malicious for some other reason? So I think I think part of it so I I think there's the divide in the libertarian party is substantially between you've got this camp of people who are like they've sort of rationally concluded that libertarianism is correct. Like they're not emotional libertarians. Like they don't find authority offensive, you know, they're not um you know, they're not sort of deontologically like this sort of like that. It's like just correct to not interfere, but they've just kind of like been logically persuaded that like libertarianism would produce better outcomes. Right. Um, and they're very smart people. They're frequently economists, you know, um, and so on. And so they share this conclusion with this sort of like 80 percent of libertarians who are like, fuck the government. I'm like, we don't like it. You know, uh, it's just it's just offensive to us. And it's not. I'm not saying that those people can't understand the logical arguments, but like, it's much more about the fact that like, it's just offensive to them. Right. And I'm like someone who can fucking fuck with the first camp because I'm very smart. Right. Like I understand all the logical arguments, but like emotionally I'm much more with the second camp. And so I break these people's brains with some of my <laughs> arguments, quite frankly, like they can't, and like, they can't even engage with them because like they're so, you know, and it, and it like, and it just, they don't, it breaks them and it upsets them and they was, and it just turns them into haters of me personally uh, because like none of them can, none of them can engage. 
I would have a logical conversation. I'm open to being persuaded if you want to have this evidence back and forth, uh, you know, kind of thing. And so like, cause you can see like, they can't even quote tweet me anymore. Like they'll just like take a picture it's screenshot. And, just be, <laughs> and, and it's just like, oh, this is wrong, right? Like it's not even a, they can't even explain it. Like they've just been, they've just, I just completely broken them uh, intellectually. Well, I think my favorite and, recently was, yeah. uh, was the, um, you made the tweet about the test scores. Yeah. And, and you're, and you post it and you're like, you can't tell me there's not some racial disparities here in, in testing, which I'm sure, so, you know, in your head, you're thinking, and of course that can be attributed to other things as well, not just racial stuff, but because of the racial breakdown and the, and the concentrations and stuff like that, like that's how that works and it happens. And, and they're like, oh my God, he's a terrible white nationalist. And I look at the, this, this paper, this, this test score thing that he puts out and at the very top is Asians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Asians. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, but of course, they would also say that that is also, as I think you had back and forth, I saw back and forth with you. Yeah, they told me that they told me that white nationalists regularly think of Asians as honorary white people or some dumb shit. That's a brand new progressive phenomenon. And this is the thing, right? Because there's a very simple fact here that's like irrefutable, right? Like, we don't have to argue about how or why these disparities exist. We literally don't. The, The point is, when we're asking questions like, why are there these different ratios in terms of the number of African-American doctors versus Asian ones or white ones or Hispanic ones or other types of things beyond doctors? Like there's a very straightforward answer that like we know at the time of adulthood through college, even after college by every measure that like there are these disparities that exist. If we want to believe that these are environmental, fine. That's perfectly fine. The point is you got to go and fix it at that level, right? Like if systemic racism exists, then it's the public school teachers that are systemically racist, not the, you know, not the higher, not the, not the people hiring people for jobs, not the fortune 500 companies. The systemic racism exists in the elementary schools and the middle schools and the public school, right? Like that. And so that's the point that I'm really trying to hammer home. When I talk about that kind of stuff, we don't even have to agree on why these kinds of disparities happen, but we've got to stop asking you know, why are there's the, there these disparities in outcomes? The disparities exist at, 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 at much younger ages. Um, so it's not a, it's not some, it's, it's clearly not racism in the, in the process of hiring or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, there's a disparity that exists and yeah, I mean, it, and it does start young and, and that's yeah, true. And I would be, I would yeah. be interested to see how those disparities uh, correlate with rates of fatherless. Is I would bet they're pretty. Simple. Well, then you also have to get to a point where you understand the rates of fatherlessness by race. Yeah, we. Oh yeah, don't those go numbers there. are out there. Don't go there. Yeah, AJ's over here. She's just like, oh yeah, he's yeah. ready. He's ready. He's got what about that? Uh, go. I've got, well, I've got a, a counter one. Actually, here's my counter stat. I picked this one up from Brian Kaplan, libertarian economist, in terms of uh, uh, single fatherhood. Um, if you look at parental outcomes, the parental outcomes of uh, single families where the father or mother died due to an accident or died at war, outcomes are much, much better despite single family outcomes compared to outcomes in which the uh, parents chose to split um, sort of voluntarily or never or never coupled in a strong fashion. And, and so I think this is really interesting uh, fact in terms of how much of this actually the single family uh, household versus parents who had a proclivity 
towards non-committal behavior, more risk-taking parents in the first place than having children uh, that then exhibit these characteristics. And I'm not suggesting a strong conclusion in either fashion, but I think these are the kinds of like interesting questions to, to be asking. That that, is, that's well said. That's well that, said. Yeah, that's a that is a phenomenal question that right. I will be thinking about for the uh, next year. I, I, because <laughs> I, I will say, like, I do have a view that there are differences, uh, you know, between us and that, like, I do think I'm all for judging the individual. I fucking hired, I've hired people of every race and ethnicity. I've, I, hired, I, I hired a 16-year-old kid from Pakistan off of, a, not, you know, I've hired all, you know, people of, of you know, all, all, every, every kind of flavor or whatever. But uh, it's like, we can't, uh, we shouldn't expect, I don't know. I just don't think like you can expect, uh, you know, completely everything, um, uh, you know, to be the same. So we judge people as individuals. That's, that's very important. But we shouldn't necessarily expect, uh, you know, all all outcomes to be the same. Can I ask you about the Google uh, employee that was made that uh, released that email about uh, James Moore? Yeah, guy, girls and boys and their proclivity yeah. towards tech, right? So you're kind of yeah. kind of a tech guy. It's a good question for you. I wanted wanted you to get your comments on this. His intention for that email was actually to help females get into STEM, and that was completely overlooked. Yeah. Uh, the the, uh, the wokest got a hold of that and said, "Oh, here you're you're pointing out that you're pointing out the uh, the, the male patriarchy and the, the dominance of males in in uh, I think in just tech jobs overall." And his intention was actually to, to show that discrepancy, just like you're saying. You can agree that there's a discrepancy. You don't have to talk about the re- you don't have to worry about the reason. The reason was guys get into tech more than girls. It's just something in them. Yeah, it's something yeah. inherent in, the broader in males sense, and men females. Are... And you can talk all, that's yeah. a different conversation. But to say that it was sexist to hire men in tech above women was completely false. And his intention was actually to try and even out that number um, you know, without using sexism, without using reverse sexism. Yeah, they hate that. And, and that's the problem. It's like so much of the, so much of the counter side, like they, they have emotionally held beliefs and you are rejecting them with logic. Yes. And so all they're going to do is get mad at you because it wasn't a logically held belief in the first place. So, you know, but so like, right. So same kind of thing. Yes. Like one of the arguments I believe Damore makes is that, uh, you know, these differences in proclivities exist at much younger ages. So you can't get mad at Google for, you know, not having enough women, like when there aren't enough women in, um, you know, in the colleges, or you can look at even younger ages that, you know, cause there's computer science classes in high schools. Um, and, and, you know, and these differences exist then, but, but it's literally, but the other side, like the other side will go, cause this is called, uh, actually there's a term for this in the industry. It's called the pipeline problem. Yes. Um, uh, of course, accepting that it's a, I don't accept that it's a problem, but that's the term used. Um, and, uh, and like literally uh, the other side will go and say like, they'll make a bingo card as like pipeline problem is a sign that you're a bigot, like just using the phrase. And, and, and so, you know, it, because they can't engage, they can't engage in logical consideration of these ideas or concepts. All they can engage in is the emotional based, um, your censorship uh, uh, of discussing them in the first place. And that's why you see this kind of dialogue, uh, you know, around concepts, uh, you know, in this area. It's the same with the Kanye, 
<laughs> the Kanye shit as well, right? Like there's, it's like a logical discussion of anything there is completely tabooed. It's pure emotion. That's the only thing that's allowed. You know, emotionally, um, uh, mostly for the most part, emotionally saying um, you're evil um, uh, and you're not allowed to, to talk. Uh... Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to me that that this is how things are treated I, and, and i don't i don't know i don't know if i'm like more logical than anybody else i mean i get emotional about shit too you know mm -hmm. what i mean and i i you know i have my own moral like i said moral compass and there's things that i can't i just can't be abide by um but yeah some of these arguments are pretty crazy dude when 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 i'm like arguing about like i think the and i and i hate to bring it up in two weeks in a row but i think the one of the biggest uh one of the biggest examples of this is when you is when <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, I think that one of the biggest examples of this is when you is when you criticize uh, the state of Israel. I really do. I think it's one of the biggest examples. Of, you will automatically be labeled an anti-Semitic if you Instantly. say anything bad about the Zionist apartheid state of Israel. Like literally, somebody will be like, "You're an anti You're an anti-Semitic." I'll be like, "Why?" All right, for everyone in the chat playing the uh, drinking game, uh, take a drink. <laughs> Josh uh, mentioned Israel. <laughs> well, I, I got in trouble for this one from the other side. <laughs> yeah, the when Republicans I, will get mad at you about that. Well, no, I said, I once said, uh, and this is actually one of my haters, like favorite quotes where I was saying, like, like, look, it's like, it's not irrational to be anti-Semitic uh, in the sense that like you can gang up on people. Because um, like, I, to me, it's like I, I'm like a very cynical person. I'm an optimist. I'm like a loving person at the same time while being cynical. So it's like a kind of weird, um, you know, set of characteristics. Like I'm very optimistic for the future. I'm very pro humanity, but I'm also kind of like trying to be this kind of like cynical realist about who we are. And to me, it's like if you can give human beings a narrative that allows some mass of them to gang up and take stuff from another smaller weaker group of them like human beings will almost always accept that narrative it's weird to not accept that narrative like i think i'm the kind of person who's not accepting of narratives like that but i accept that i'm weird right like i think that's that's human nature that's that's that explains covid that explains the holocaust that explains slavery that explains fucking a million different things throughout human history which is that we are like self-interested kind of uh, entities who will believe all kinds of narratives that they benefit us to believe them. And so all kinds of racism and ethnic based violence become essentially rational behavior. Again, not saying ethical, uh, rational in this sort of narrow sense. In the, in Hi kids, do you like violence? Yeah. Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's T-S-I-D-P-O-D. Dot com because the system is down and truth is taking over in this, um, in this uh, society like the sense of the society has become accepting yeah. of it because but, of but, but you point stuff like this out and like people become very uncomfortable even having the conversation and i can't help myself i just have that orientation of like just being a curious like truth-seeking person i'm not i'm not trying to put a value judgment on this i'm not endorsing it if anything i would kind of condemn it but but like 
it's just the truth. And I just can't help being that I'm just a, that kind of person who like pokes at the truth and like, is this the truth? Is this the truth? Like, eh, you know, uh, and, and, and it just seems to be true to me that this is how people are. And I think that Jews rationally then like to counteract the fact that human beings want to gang up on each other, try to taboo the discussions of disproportionate Jewish success. It's rational for Jews to taboo that discussion because it's rational for non-Jews to try to gang up on Jews. Right. Right. And, 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 and so like, that's the kind of why we have this current state of, uh, uh, of affairs. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to, to hear that argument is almost like it's close to what the argument that Kanye is making. You know what I mean? But, well, but, right. but I mean, Kanye is, I think, wrong. Right. Right. Like, well, let me be clear. Like, I think Kanye is wrong. Like, right. I think like, like there's not a Jewish conspiracy against Kanye. There's a group of people who want to make money and who will take advantage of people who aren't as smart as them. And like a lot of, uh, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, it's just like people will give each other, like someone will give someone else a contract that fucks that person over if it makes the money. That's just like a lot of human beings will do that. And so a lot of these rappers like aren't, you know, like they're, they're not that knowledgeable about business and they get given contracts by people who, yeah, you could say that they trick them to some extent. Like I wouldn't say that's like necessarily a wrong description. Right. Um, But like, it's like, fully within libertarian theory uh, i mean we could condemn them i guess but it's not like it's not some conspiracy it's just self-interest are you saying yeah. hip-hop is a shady business <laughs> it's all shady dude every business is shady. <laughs> speaking of shady businesses how's the uh, lawsuit going with library buddy oh my god i'm dying uh it's going <laughs> great though overall no uh like well because i think the longer it takes the more likely i am to get a positive outcome but it is like a very it's very miserable because it's like so much money and it's like really on the line in terms of potential outcomes for me. Uh, and I just, you know, it's just going to come out any day and like, yeah, we can appeal. So like in this theoretical sense, it's not final, but in, in reality, this sort of intermediate decision becomes a reality for several years. So no matter what the decision is uh, very impactful and I've just got to kind of, refresh a shitty government website that logs me out every 30 minutes to hope it comes out at any given day. Have you, have you had to make, uh, I mean, have you had to make any kind of concessions to the, to the government over this, this, uh, lawsuit? I mean, have you had to change anything about library or anything while this was going on? No. Nice. Nice. For those people that don't uh, know what we're talking about, what is the lawsuit for? Uh, so I am uh, the founder of a technology called Library LBRY. It's a uh, open source blockchain based Web3 protocol for publishing content. Uh, it Most people know it through the website called Odyssey, uh, which is used by millions of people each day to you know watch videos. Uh, it's kind of like uh, uh, YouTube before it got stupid. Uh, but there's this uh, very uh, deep technology behind it that you basically tries to do to publishing what Bitcoin does to money. It brings um, sort of sovereignty back to the individual uh, and lets you own your identity, lets you own what you're publishing and this kind of thing. Um, uh, and uh, we have uh, been embroiled in a case with the federal government uh, for four and a half years. Uh, that's coming to a head like literally right now, like literally to the day right now, uh, four and a half year fight. 
So, yeah. Wow. What is the fight about? Jeremy. What's up? I guess he can't hear you very uh, well. He can't hear me? Sorry. He was asking you what the fight is about. Uh, so, technically, it's over uh, whether we committed a Section 5 securities violation, uh, an unregistered securities offering. So, the government is claiming that if my company sells any of the library token at any time, even if it sells it anonymously on an open market, that that is an investment contract uh, between my company and that individual. And even if that individual pledged to buy that token to use it on the library network, nonetheless, a reasonable investor would consider that to have been a speculative investment uh, that they were planning to make money um, based off of the efforts of other people uh, which makes it a security, uh, which means that the only trading of that that instrument, uh, the only exchanging of that instrument can be done in these highly regulated silos. It can't be traded, you know, can't just be freely exchanged. You have to go through highly regulated where, you know, every exchange is, is tracked. And what's your counter uh, argument in this case? Well, people aren't, lots of people don't buy it as an investment um, is one of the biggest ones, um, as well as the fact that we didn't contract with anyone. Uh, people don't even know that they're um, buying it, you know, from us. Um, but the most fundamental reason is that, like, the like, word library isn't trying to be money. It's not trying to be a financial instrument. Um, it's trying to be um, this kind of public resource where anyone can can put in this public blockchain um, that this content exists, that they created something, uh, and so. You know, there's not really any reason over any kind of medium to long term to have this token other than to use it, right? We're not claiming that we're going to replace the dollar or any of these like things. Yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not a competitor to Bitcoin in any way. Bitcoin doesn't try to do what library does and library doesn't try to do what Bitcoin does. Which is, is crazy. And, and there has been a lot of, you know, the SEC has gone after a lot of these different companies over the last... I don't know what, probably five years, um, obviously with the ESOC much more publicly with like XRP. Um, they really, they really have been, I, I think XRP is still embroiled in that battle as well. Right. They are, but we're going to be done first. Um, and so, you know, our case will set a precedent for thousands of American companies. Like we're really talking about this case will affect uh, billions, if not trillions of dollars uh, in the United States blockchain market. It's going to become the precedent uh, because there's been no case. The only previous precedents were ICOs, uh, which are very, very different from this case. We didn't do an ICO. We didn't sell any tokens until more than a year after the network was fully functional. Uh, and the, the SEC is alleging that tokens that we sold four years after the network being functional that we sold anonymously, you know, a small percentage of daily volume of trading of the token was nonetheless a securities offering, uh, which is just a much, much bolder thing than they've claimed in any other case that's actually been um, uh, litigated. Hmm. It's wild, man. Shit, yeah. Shit is absolutely crazy the way they go after. I mean, you know, people are like, oh, we live in a capitalist society. That's not capitalism, dude. That's not how capitalism works. No, it's insane. I mean, there's so many things that could be built. Um, you know, we live, in my view, just so, so far away from a free market. And it's honestly one of the reasons I'm a libertarian. It's actually probably the biggest reason. I like I have full respect for the sort of like prepper, 
you know, collapser, doomer, and I'm not trying to be pejorative in any way, like, because I think it's quite reasonable to be concerned about the future in a sort of negative way. But like, honestly, I'm, a, if I'm just being honest, like, I'm a libertarian because I think there's so much cool shit that we could, as human beings, could be doing, that we could be building, that we could be creating, whether that's anywhere from art to going to Mars. And, and, and so much of it is just inhibited, uh, you know, by the government. And I just want human beings to flourish and to be beautiful and to be, you know, doing and going and, you know, doing all these beautiful and interesting and diverse things. I was and, uh, explicitly you know, told yeah. that you want, you were a libertarian because you wanted your own private ethno state. Well, I think that should be allowed, but that's not why I'm a libertarian. <laughs> yeah, that's just a byproduct, a fortunate byproduct of it. <laughs> It's it's funny because the, it, I'm telling you, if you've ever sat down and shook Jeremy's hand and had a beer with a guy, he's like the furthest thing from what they paint him as online, dude. It's great. It's really I mean, bizarre to me. just sitting down. Yeah. I mean, right I, now. I, I will take like ten percent. It's mostly them, right? It's mostly that I mind fuck them, which is so they have to like villainize me because they it's the they have to t they have to taboo the things I say because if people engage with them, they'll be persuaded, right? That's so that's that's why they. Uh, resort to tabooing. Um, I will. I will take like ten percent of the blame in the sense that like I am that like I'm not. I, I don't have a tattoo, but the tattoo that I considered getting for the longest time was um. Uh, the, there's a Galileo. He never actually said it. Is big. Why part I didn't get it? But he there's this claim that he used to say uh, at Percy Morve, which is like that. Yet it moves that that he went into the Catholic Church and said like I don't care the the uh the, the you know uh the the earth revolves around the sun you can't get me to lie to you right and this was like i found this like parable uh which i think it turns out to be false after researching it um, but i found it like a really compelling story so like as an insight in, into my psychology like i am attracted to things that might be true that other people think aren't true I'm, and i'm not trying to be like <laughs> you know radical about it i try to be kind of humble about whether it's true or not but I, I you know i'm drawn to when there's a kind of controversy around an idea like i'm drawn to those kinds of things i become curious about them and we all are that's the thing is we all are dude. we are yeah like sandy Hook. No, but it's, but it's not it's not just us though let's let's look it's 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 us with things that we can we can agree are morally reprehensible but still are interested in knowing more about across the board because look at look just look at the jeffrey dahmer uh, documentary that just came out and how widely amazingly popular it was because people want to know about that stuff even though they think it's morally reprehensible that's one of our you know society's got a an addiction to serial killers we want to know we're obsessed with serial killers we're obsessed with all these bad things we're obsessed with car accident videos and 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 that kind of shit because it interest it's interesting you want to know more about it it's not necessarily that you agree with every single facet of that thing of course i don't want to go out and uh, first of all, I don't want to be gay and I don't want to go kill people and I definitely don't want to eat them. You know what I mean? But I do want to know more about Jeffrey Dahmer because you want to know how that shit works. You want to know why he was the way he was. And that's why I like it. I like that you are more averse to eating people than being gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the other way around. And Dahmer was more averse to being a racist than being a cannibal. Right. That's true. <laughs> yes. They, they came out with a documentary and he actually called, I think he, did he call from prison? We'll say he did. I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I'm sure that's where it was. Let's say he called from prison and he said, hey, uh, I just want to let you guys know I didn't pick those black men based on race. I'm not a racist. Right. He didn't yeah. want to be called a racist. He was okay with being a cannibal. He's totally fine with the fact that like, hey, we're, yeah. we, I eat people. I eat people. Uh, and flame but... open. And I mean, is there, is, there, is there any better evidence that he was a progressive 
<laughs> than, than being a cannibal. Well, right. That he didn't want to be called a racist and that he was fine with eating people. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he was true. Yeah. He was mutilating the bodies of young teenagers, you know, drilling a hole in their head and pouring acid in like crazy shit. Yeah. Crazy crazy shit. But he wasn't racist. Mm -hmm. He wants you to know he wasn't racist. He wasn't racist. He was was creating black zombies. I will say it it is totally. It is hard for me. Like, I accept that, like, I do accept that evil people exist, but then I will say, like, you, you like, learn to read about some of that shit, and you're like, it's just like... Can't comprehend it's it. It's so, like, unfathomable. Yeah. Like, I feel like I can actually kind of, like, empathize or picture a lot of different beliefs, like, even communist-type stuff, but then, like, you learn about some of that depraved stuff, and I'm like, like but, like, it's just so out of... It's, there's no context for it. Well, it's, and it's crazy. Um, you know, they say the more, like the more obsessive you are over this, like macabre shit, the less likely, the less likely you are to be that kind of person. Um, and that's, and that's, it makes sense. It's because you want to, you want to like, I'm obsessed dude. Like, I don't know. You guys don't know this, but like I fucking, I have read the entire murderpedia, dude. I could tell you facts about, uh, I could tell you what facts. does it mean if I'm not interested? I can tell you facts. I can tell you facts about serial killers from all over the world, all kinds of different murders, homicide. I mean, I'm, I've really, I spend like a lot of free time reading about this shit. Well, dude. Iowa had like the first serial killer. The first? Serial killer? No, I, no, I'm, I'm serious. It's, it's debated as to whether we had the first serial killer. He, um, in America, so I, the name escapes so me. Iowa invented serial and serial killers. It's, it's possible. Oh, as serial killers had to exist before Iowa did. Well, yeah, well, yes, yes. But I'm saying documented American, American serial killer. Okay, um, in, documented yeah, American, States, yes. I believe it was you know, I've never, I've never really tried to figure out who the first serial yeah, killer was. Yeah, I can't remember his, his name escapes me, but he was putting, uh, he, he put them in the walls. He would kill them and put them in the walls, and it was a... Oh, Robert uh, Pena says... Like a Sicario. Us, Robert Pena says, tell us about the Zodiac. Dude, you don't want me to get into that. I got some fucking crazy conspiracy theories. I believe I believe that the Zodiac killer was Ted Kaczynski, if you want to know the, the very truth. No way. Matter. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's, my, that's like my no. dude. That, we I've can talk about that. I'm like, I'm going to pause the show and not participate in Google this in real time. So. Yeah, there's, <laughs> okay. a, there's a legit conspiracy theory about this, Jeremy. So he was, I don't think he that was would make any sense. He was attending Cal while yep. this was happening. Um, and there was people, I mean, if you look at the sketches that came out, it looked like a young Ted. Okay, but was this before the LSD experiments? The CIA experiments have, have, yeah, where they basically tortured him. He was him. part of MKUltra, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say, but I'm telling yeah. you, dude, look, no, look for real. He, look, he, does, he does claim that, it, that it, does, it didn't fuck him up at all. Like, he was uh, unaffected. Okay. Like, he was like, yeah, it was they no big deal. They gave him LSD and told him he was a piece of shit for, like, three years. Look in, look into the conspiracy theory that he's the, the Zodiac. There's, like, legit, okay. like, a lot of I'll information there oh that you can God. read that will will give you... Um, it'll, 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 it, you'll go down, whether it's true or not, uh, it'll, you'll go down a rabbit hole yeah. thinking about it. Um, Kevin Brady, thanks for the $10 Super Chat, man. He said the SEC will allow giant hedge funds or markets makers to trade the float of stock over two times on a daily candle and allow big banks to manipulate gold silver but how dare you make a token yeah i mean it's it's like one of the clearest examples of you know an agency just being completely completely corrupt completely depraved it's like it's 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 absurd uh the way that they've behaved um i will say it's interesting like one of the reasons that social media makes me optimistic is that these people like, you know, Gary Gensler, the chair of the SEC, but you could look at other examples 
all the various federal government accounts, like which Spike Cohen does a very good job trolling. Uh, so shout out to Spike for doing a good job there. Uh, but but beyond people like him, like just all kinds, it's hundreds, thousands of different people. You know, you see people just like regularly like exposing these agencies and calling them out. Like, and it's just like, it's just so unpopular. And it just seems, it does seem to me that like social media makes it harder to control the narrative. And that's why it's so important for them to try to control social media. Right. And I do accept that at times they've been effective in controlling the narrative because they have been able to exert that control on social media. But I think that like, it's actually better, like even on the whole, even on the balance, I'm not happy with the status quo, but like if you compare today to like 30 or 40 years ago, more signal is getting through, I think actually. No, and I, and I agree. I think that's true. I think there's, you know, but well, 30 years ago, it was like, if you wanted to reach people, you had to make your own zine. I mean, that was, I don't know if you guys yeah. remember zines. You're yep. probably too young for zines. I know what I they think. are. He's like, I know what they are. It's just a magazine that you make, hand make, mm -hmm. and then you print a bunch out and you pass them out at like punk shows. That was the big place you could yep. get zines when I was a kid was punk shows. Um, but that's how you learned about like, that's how I it's learned about like the about beta like, versions of Sonichu. That's how I learned about like new music and like all kinds of shit when I was a kid, dude, was like handwritten zines, bro. We didn't have a lot of zines in Iowa. Yeah. But yeah, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm, that, I'm that age group. Are you born and raised in Iowa? Yeah. You are. Oh, yeah. Nice. Third generation East Sider. Or Des Moines. Uh, I wanted to ask Jeremy about uh, culture jamming, and yeah. uh, what if you're if you're familiar with uh, Alex Stein and how he does that. It's hard for him to do it now because he's so well known. But would you describe your 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 campaign ads as culture jamming? Um, I'm supportive of that idea as to whether it would apply to me. I kind of like want it to, but I'm not sure I deserve it yet. I guess uh... <laughs> I definitely think you do. I think you deserve that. It's, I already deserve awesome. it. Okay. I guess like how much maybe I'm not is does does the concept involve like actually jamming something in reality or is the idea that yeah tell me maybe I'm not getting the concept fully actually I yeah, know well I, I see a similarity between your ads and what Alex Stein does where yeah. he'll, he'll show up to a council meeting um, you know about something trans and he'll show up and say yeah you know I totally agree with you my five year old trans nephew was just talking about this the other day and like he'll yeah. show up to a you know he'll show up as a um, as a female swimmer that was the best he, yes he, yeah I mean he showed, I think, he showed up in a bikini and. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think I think comedy is one of our most powerful tools. I think it's a, it's it's a way that we can disrupt the culture. I think that kind of like a, agree and amplify type uh, technique at times can be, uh, you know, very powerful. You know, where you're going and talking about like you know, you know how pro trans you are and how you know how uh, you know very you know just just saying things that like, but then you say things that like almost everyone would disagree. Well, like literally everyone yes. would disagree with. Um, and so I do, I do think that can be a, uh, uh, a technique with legs. Yeah. Well, and I, 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 I think that comedy is our most powerful tool. Um, yeah. I've said that several times and that's one of the reasons why, um, that's one of the reasons why the, the woke and the left want to cancel comedy so bad. They want to cancel comedians who tell, you know, the truth or satire, satirize. I always fuck that word up. Uh, they're, they're, um, you know, the leftist stereotype tropes. But that's why they want them canceled because comedy is such a fucking powerful tool that you can use it to start a, a revolution. I mean, you really, really can. You can use it to start, especially a cultural revolution, man. I mean, people go to watch comedians and when you, 
um, when you like empathize with the comedian and you 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 you're part of what they're talking about, and then they make you laugh. I mean, that's the when you're laughing, that's the time you're the most open to speaking with somebody. It's not when Absolutely. somebody comes up and goes, you're a fucking racist. Now listen to what I have to say. Like no one wants to listen to you talk to them like that. You know what I mean? Nobody wants, and, and I get it because I, I ran it. I, you know, very often I call people in arguments on online nerds and retards and shit like that. And that's, you know, those are people that I have no interest in arguing with whatsoever. Um, that's what that typically is. I, I, most of the time I already know that that's a bad faith actor that, that doesn't matter what I fucking say. They're going to just start going off about my kids or some other dumb shit. So, you know what? Fuck you. You're, you're a retard. Like that's, I don't need to have that conversation with you because I know that it's not going to go anywhere. Um, but, but I do believe that there are times when I meet people who I disagree vehemently on things with that I, I would like to have a conversation with. And I'd like that conversation to be a light conversation. Yeah. Because that's the way you're going to get to have the best outcome from that conversation, not being an asshole. And, you know, and so there are people out there that I, I think, you know, want to ruin comedy because they know that it's the start of a cultural revolution, truly. Well, think about yeah. Richard Pryor. I mean, we used to think about the comedy of Richard Pryor, how he talked about race and whites and blacks would sit there in the audience and die laughing. And now today, they want to cancel Dave Chappelle. Right. I mean, he's an honorary it's ridiculous. white nationalist, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, one, so I'll, say, I'll say, I have two comments here. So one, I will say that, like, the tabooing of things, the walling of things, as a, and I will admit to being a, a kind of inveterate optimist, but I think that there's an argument that like this is, you can even view this optimistically, um, the sort of arguments, but that like the Berlin Wall didn't go up until 15 years uh, after communism, right? That like the, the censorship being required to maintain the idea is a sign of weakness of the idea, right? And so the more they need to censor, the more you're actually kind of gaining ground. Right. Um, hopefully that's true. I like to believe it's true. It's the white pill, um, man. Yeah. White yeah. Um, uh, shit. I think I had a second point, but I forgot. You said there was maybe, two things you wanted to yeah, say. Yeah, I did. I did have a second point. I did have a second point. But, uh, Let me get this man a beer quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll just continue. <laughs> Hey, so so Jeremy, uh, what's uh, what's the next pork fest looking like, man? You think it's going to be even bigger than this last one? Well, it's going to be very big. I mean, look, people like people need to come to New Hampshire. I mean, pork fest is the best time to come. You can really get uh, a real. Uh, it's like you can meet more free staters than any other event. I you know I would like to see over three thousand people at pork fest this year, which I think is realistic. Like this is the gathering. Pork fest is the gathering of libertarians. What was the number of this past year? Do you know? Uh, I believe it was over 2,500. It was um, huge, dude. I was there. Yeah. It was big. It was big. Yeah. And I think it was the biggest ever. Um, and just like, I mean, just everything here. I mean, it's constant. People are coming in here all the time. Like, I can't even like go to an event without there being like several new people. Like, oh yeah, I just moved. I just moved to New Hampshire. I'm a libertarian. Um, and so like, like, I'm very, very optimistic uh, for the future. Uh, living in New Hampshire, you know, like it, it does kind of feel like as things get worse that New Hampshire gets, you know, better. So I think anyone who's, you know, kind of curious about it should just come and check it out, come for a vacation, come to Porkfest. Uh, I think por like Porkfest is, is 
I think it's like got to be one of the best ways to dip your toe in the water, you know, just come out and have a good time uh, for a week with thousands of other libertarians. It's like a very good time. Well, and it's, it's, I mean, it's a really fun event. The, the park, yeah. that it, the, the, the campground that it was at is, a, is really nice. It's a really nice area. It's, I mean, I was, I was, a. Uh, you know, I, um, Nolan, who's the chair of the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire, who's like a brother to me. I love that guy to death. Um, he had a nice little scooter out there and he let me take the scooter down the highway and like, there's like mountains everywhere and forests and it's beautiful. Dude. Like me, like it is absolutely gorgeous in New Hampshire. I'm not going to lie. If we were not tied to, to Iowa for the next four, 10 to 14 years, we would live in New Hampshire. There's no doubt about it. We're Florida, but probably yeah. New Hampshire. And we had a we had a great time uh, filming uh, filming that video. We did. I was so mad. So if you saw Jeremy's cop uh, video with Robbie the cop Bernstein, which is hilarious, by the way, if you haven't seen it, it was a long video too. What was it? Twelve minutes? Yeah, that was that's that's like my film debut essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and I and I was driving the golf cart uh, for Dan Smots, who was filming the whole thing, and I was it, I was upset because there there was a time where we during this filming where I was like, okay, let's do. I want to be in it. I want to be in this in this video right and dan's like dude how funny would it be because because robbie's going around checking the porta potties all cop-like with his gun out and how funny would it be if he opens a porta potty and you're in there with a laptop pet podcasting with a joint <laughs> hanging out of your mouth or something i was like dude that would be fucking hilarious so we were gonna do that um except that we filmed for like well, hours and by the end of it everyone's like all right let's go back to the campsite and i was like oh we'll do it tomorrow and then it just never did it yeah. and so that <laughs> didn't end up being in the video but that was an idea that was supposed to be in the video um, so I didn't get to be in Jeremy's video, but I was driving the golf cart in front of him filming the whole thing. So I, yeah, I, I many, of many it. of those shots. Uh, you deserve a lot of, a lot of credit for that. Uh, for it was, that. it was cool though. He put me in the end of the video and said, golf cart driver. I was like, nice. Cause it was fun. It was fun until I had to uh, stare at Robbie Bernstein's ass. It's been fun. Bit. I think, I think um, there's, we've been talking about that and I think like, the the sort of LPNH crew that's been behind those videos because it's not just me. Um, uh, like Reed's been involved, Bill Budger's been involved. Bill's great uh, too. I love Bill, man. He's funny. Yeah, yeah. Bill's got a bright future. And uh, but yeah, I think we're gonna keep that going. I think we're gonna like try to do you know kind of keep doing the, some satirical videos and 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 you know kind of become a kind of um, uh, gosh, I don't want to say I'm part of a comedy troupe. That sounds really gay. Uh, but uh, you know, we're gonna do something. Oh, uh, he said gay is a pejorative, you know, tomorrow, no. fake Terran's gonna be. I all mean, over your you're shit tomorrow, objectively, objectively, that would be homosexual. Pretty That's homosexual, yeah. Your videos you could I'm, slot you know, right into a like, South Park episode, and we, they would you know, be one in of place. our best candidates. Uh, is a homosexual. His name's Chase Oliver, he's running for Senate. <laughs> he is very gay, too. Very gay. He is, he is, uh, I've met Chase. Chase was running around the national convention with no shirt on and a fucking like sparkly boa and like, yeah, like the same aviator glasses you have on, except like, like dark frame. Ones. Fabulous. It was very, it was very fabulous. Chase is a fabulous gay man for sure. And I, and I think, you know, I think our, our real falling out mine and Chase's was when I was like, I don't think kids should be going to the gay pride parade. And he's like, oh, I've, uh, gay pride uh, parade in Atlanta is not sexual at all. And so I pulled up all these pictures of the gay pride parade in Atlanta <laughs> with like dicks hanging out and people stripping and, and people walking around on leashes with their asses hanging out. And I was like, really? Not at all. And, 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 and I could understand someone making that argument with me because I'm from San Francisco. And if you haven't been to the Pride in San Francisco, dude, it's straight up fucking order. Yeah, look, dude, and I'm with you. I don't, I'm with you. I'm with you. On that specific issue, I'm with you. But like, all right, here's, 
here's not, and I'm not mad at that. You know me. I'm uh, maybe this is a trolling argument. Uh, could be. Uh, but why, you know, uh, should a you know if a parent takes their kid to, um, you know, uh, uh, an army parade where we're talking, where we're celebrating, uh, you know, bombers and bombing, right. and and, and uh, you know, this being this kind of like jingoistic uh, military power. You know, I think this is also uh, an arguably harmful endeavor. Although I'm actually for uh, a kind of civic, you know, national type pride. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to argue against those kinds of things. I actually think it's good that, that we have these kinds of you know bonds with one another. But um, you know, I just think there's all kinds of ways. Like parents do so many things. Like parents will feed their kids tons of junk food and get them addicted to junk food, and your know, parents will. There's just so many ways you can like fuck up your kid as a parent. Um, although I also think the kids are generally pretty resilient at the same time. And so it's like, we're singling out this thing that I agree is bad, right? I agree is bad. But like, how bad is it? <laughs> it's like, you know, like right. um, there's a lot of bad things a parent can do is if you take your kid to two drag shows, is that worse for your kid than giving them candy for breakfast or the equivalent via sugary cereal for five years or or their entire life, right? Many parents will feed their kids sugary cereal for breakfast. Like, is that actually, is that, what? which is worse? You know, and I'm not, I'm really not trying to lead to say that there's a conclusion, but I just think that like, we're singling out this thing for cultural reasons. And I'm on the cultural side of thinking that, it's bad. Let me be very clear. Like, I think that, but like we're attaching so much to this one thing that's like on the scale of things, actually not that much overall. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I get it, man. Hey, we're, uh, we're definitely coming to the end of the, uh, yeah. of the live stream. We are going to do a members only stream. If you can hang around for 10 to 15. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but before we get going, uh, Kevin Brady did drop another $5 super chat. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. He said back in the, like 2005 to 2007, the metal hardcore bands in Seattle used to proudly have Infowars stickers on their vehicles or talk about it on social media. Yes, I know. I was in a metal hardcore band on the West coast. That's what I did. Um, and, uh, and we all were like Ron Paul supporters in 2007. I worked, we worked, several of us worked on his campaign in 2008, um, it's, it's really how sad, how far some of those cultural forces have fallen, um, when it comes to politics and culture in general, man, it really does suck, dude. I don't know. Uh, Jerry, before we go, uh, where, where can people find you, support you, listen to you, send you money because that, we yes, know that's important. That's the most important thing is money. I don't care if you ever hear another word from me, but give me money. Uh, Jeremy, uh, I'd actually rather you, uh, uh, follow me on social media than, than give me like $5. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, my campaign website is Jeremy four NH. You can donate on there. You can find all of my campaign videos and, uh, other social media channels. I'm very active on Twitter at Jeremy Kaufman. Uh, I'm on Odyssey at K A U F F J. I've got a YouTube channel. I've got a Facebook page, you know, just put in, you know, Jeremy Kaufman or Jeremy Kaufman for Senate and it'll come up. And if you guys are watching the show, please uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button on my YouTube channel. Help me grow the. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to grift that ad revenue into being a stay at home dad someday. That's really the. That's the end goal of all this. 
uh, as I get more, spend some more time with my kids. So if you could just hit subscribe and watch some, you know, one or two ads every once in a while, I'd really appreciate it. Um, hey, how can people find Porkfest and and New Hampshire, the Free yeah, State? Yeah, I mean, look, this is the real thing. Follow the Free State Project on Twitter. Come out to Porkfest, Porkfest.com. It's the end of June next year. Uh, to, like, if you're a libertarian, it is the best time in the world, I think, that you can have as a, as a libertarian, at least with other libertarians. I don't know. Um, maybe there's something else. Um, but uh, uh, um, uh, New Hampshire, you know, is the place to be for libertarians. If you are a libertarian, you have to at least visit once in your life. It's like your pilgrimage to Mecca. You don't have to stay. Uh, you don't have to live there, but you've got to at least visit uh, because there is a future here that's very optimistic and it's worth experiencing. Agreed. Agreed, man. Uh, Ryan, before we head out, you got anything, buddy? Uh, follow me on Twitter at BulldogGamer28. Uh, next, uh, on Thursday, I better see some goddamn yep cocks in the chat or I will cocks. find you. I don't understand why you guys won't just hook them up with a couple of yep cocks in the chat. There, there was a yep uh, rooster in the chat today. but close. Yeah, yeah. close. I, I think it's going to become a troll on you, buddy. At this I, point. Uh, probably. I, really do. I do. But yeah, these are... These are a bunch of anti-authority people yeah, so they're not going to listen to you and your yeah show. what if i mean i don't have any authority over them so they should i, I don't know how that dynamic should work and, but and you guys do know we are going to do a members only stream right after this stream ends with uh with jeremy kaufman at least you know we usually go 10 to 30 sometimes more than that yeah. um and the members only stream it just depends on what the guests can do so if you want to be a part of that you have to join the uh, youtube channel as a member um, I think it's like five ninety nine a month or something. It's really almost yeah. nothing. Or you can join the Patreon or subscribe star. Both of those are the website.com uh, forward slash break the cycle JS. And you can get into the, uh, the, all, all the live stream after hour shows, which I think there's like 160 of them or something. So it's really good. Uh, my good friend, AJ, got anything before we head out, buddy? Uh, no, thanks for letting me back on the show and, uh, and co-host tonight and uh, Jeremy. Nice to meet you virtually. Yeah, right great, on. man. Yeah, I'll I, meet you at Porkfest next summer. I'd love to come. Absolutely. I, I want. I I seriously want to drive my family to Porkfest this year. That was that's the goal yes. for us. Porkfest is like Porkfest is both family friendly and not family friendly. Uh, has very well. Uh, my I, I bring my whole family. It's very very. Family as long friendly. you stay away from the backside of the park, you're good to go. It's well, but it's like well marked. Like they're like it's like cordoned off areas. So there are some <laughs> adult areas, but they're very well segregated. Uh, you know, and they're very separate. They're kept very separate. Yeah, there's like a there's like a degenerate part of the pork fest. Um, where there's this year, I think there was a. Sensual massage. There was a like a nudist colony and like, but it's like in the backside. Mm -hmm. That's really not what it's about. You, it's yeah. a big campground. You can be away away from there. Playground, literally a half a mile away. Yeah, you know? this is the wrong time to say I'm coming alone. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna come alone before you said any of that. I just. It was, yeah, I was still going to come alone no matter what. Yeah, I was planning <laughs> on coming alone anyway, but that's cool. Thanks. Thanks for no, I, I, I definitely want to bring the family. It was, it was cool when uh, I had never been. So this, this past year was my first year. And uh, I rolled up with uh, my buddy David from, from Massachusetts. He picked me up at the Boston airport. We drove in. It was about a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour drive from Boston. So it's not bad if you want to drive uh, fly into Boston and then drive. Um, and like rent a car. It's really not that bad, but I, we drove into the campground and I saw like a gang of like rowdy kids, uh, having sword fights with like foam swords. And I was all, man, my kids would fucking love this dude. Um, and the, and you know, I was there, what I stay there three nights or something like that, three or four nights. And, 
And and it was so much fun. And all I could think the whole time was like, man, my kids would just absolutely love being here. Um, of course, I miss my kids. Um, it was it was one of those things where it's like next next time I come, I'm bringing the family. So I think you know we drove to the national convention last year. Uh, we went to Disney World the year before that. I think that we our family vacation in June of this year is going to be driving to New Hampshire. It's only a 20 hour drive or something like that from here. It's not bad. Only so, yikes, dude. We did 20. <laughs> we did 21 to Reno, um, and then we did. I mean, we did 5100 miles on that trip to the national convention. So with six, uh, five kids in the car. So it's pretty wild, dude. Um, guys, go check out my sponsors. You you know all this stuff, but go check out my sponsors. Of course, TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great custom Break the Cycle logo, uh, dark camo hoodie that you see me wearing tonight by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount, or joining any of the uh, membership platforms to get in the private Discord server where you can get up to uh, 30% off of all of his new gear two weeks before it goes to the general public. Good stuff. I promise you it's worth it to uh, support Top Lobster at least. I'd love it if you support our show too. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're watching this, please hit that, that uh, subscribe link for free. On, and if you're listening to us, uh, go and hit the subscribe link on my YouTube channel at Fight the Despots. Uh, I, I, I need it. Hook us up, man. We need, we need that love. And of course, executive producer of the show, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. They help organizations solve unsolvable problems in the technology and HR arenas. Uh, Their team leads by example. Anthem consultants have led their own organizations through demanding periods of change. Now they help clients succeed in the face of technology and personnel changes. Um, Great stuff, man. Seriously, go check them out. I promise you uh, it's worth it. I don't know. I don't know. You think it's worth it? I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it if you got if you own a business you definitely want to check them out and of course uh, other executive producer of the show Cowell Creative Content they specialize in SEO to help your site rank well on Google or other search engines website design optimized website content writing optimized blog posts copywriting social media content management newsletter writing and design ghostwriting and editing services resume and cover letter writing they work with all kinds of clients including real estate addiction treatment mental health healthcare banking and payment processing not the Federal Reserve though. And they've worked with just about every industry, including Libertarian Party candidates like my good friend and mentor, Larry Sharp. Uh, They've been in business since 2012, and they've worked with hundreds of clients. Help them help you get in front of your target audience. Guys, I love you to death. I'm a big fan uh, of you guys coming to hang out with us. Jeremy was amazing. Uh, we probably going to have AJ in the studio more often. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun to have the three of us. Um, And that way, if we don't have guests, we can still have a good show between the three of us. Uh, I think on, uh, let's see on Thursday, uh, I'm pretty sure. Let me, let me just, before you guys go, let me, uh, let me give me a second. Uh, teaser. Yeah. Oh, um, I know who's coming on, uh, Thursday, Hannah and lawless will be here. They have a new podcast Two uh, fantastic Liberty women will be on the show, uh, virtually, um, on that day, uh, and they they are starting a new podcast that is about um, traditional women. So that'll be a Ooh. lot of fun to have them on, uh, especially since I live in a traditional relationship. Um, you know, we can we can hash that stuff out, but they're also really funny, so that's going to be a fun show. I'm very excited. Um, but you know, we don't got nothing else going on until until then. So uh, peace out, guys. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you Thursday. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. Due to legal reasons, I
just have to explain The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain A violent call to action in the verse and the frame But I just landed in Minecraft The helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do So any violence you commit, I am not an excuse Because I just landed in Minecraft But Chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold Accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean, you know it 